Hey, I'm Rich Hunter-Rice and welcome to the Three Percenters Business Coaching Podcast, Season 2. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 16. So today I had the pleasure of, for this episode, meeting and interviewing Sam. Um, Sam does some really special work, working with construction engineering companies and helping males with their mindset. And it's just a really, really incredible conversation. So I will shut up and let you listen. So good morning, Sam. Thank you so much for joining me today. So would you like to introduce yourself and explain exactly who you are and what you do, please? Hi, I'm Sam Munzo from Blue Monkey Coaching. I'm a leadership and mental health coach and public speaker. I focus on helping people overcome the stuff in their heads that holds them back from um, enjoying life, being successful and being as amazing as they are. Wow. Such such a powerful topic and um, so relevant where we are right now. So... Before we talk about what you've been doing this week, because yes, I want to, you know, we've been in a great conversation. Tell me, how did you get into this? How did you get into this field? Uh, my background's education. So I was a primary school teacher and I made it up to being a deputy head. Um, hardest job I've ever done. Um, absolute. Um, hold my hands up to deputy heads. Why, why, why? why? Come on, uh, tell me because more. Because that step from being a teacher into being a leader um yeah it's great it's lovely to be able to you know have the meetings and have the badge but I still um had quite a teaching commitment um and I was also leading and developing leaders so I had an awful lot more responsibility the workload I think that's the biggest thing the workload increased significantly and the responsibility so being a safeguarding leader was not nice at all so right so yeah okay uh, yeah, yeah, I, hear I that. hit the stress button. I did. I managed three years. Um, I thought I was brilliant at it. Um, looking back, I don't think I was designed to be a deputy head. Um, so yeah, I hit the stress button and then thought, well, what can I do? I've been a teacher. What? And Googled, what do ex-teachers do? Um, oddly enough, with that multi-multi-talented thing of teachers, there's nothing out there. Um, but I used coaching within my, my role of, of developing teachers. So I moved into coaching. Tried lots of different iterations and I've recently, in the last six to 12 months, um, moved into working with construction, engineering and local authorities. Very, very fact-based, male-dominated industry. Look after the facts um, and they bring me that. What they call the the touchy people bit. Okay, so in the construction industry, I mean, that must be a tough it's got to be a tough gig just getting males, you know, I'm, I'm male apparently I can talk about it, but you know, we don't talk and share and whatever else. That must be a tough industry to get people talking and being open and honest. Um, I thought so. I thought it would be. Uh, I remember the first conference I went to and there were these, I can't describe them as anything other than burly blokes in bright orange sat there with their arms folded. Clearly. Nope. Not having any other nonsense. Um, but I got an email afterwards saying there wasn't a single man there that wasn't listening to you. you it really resonated because uh, I speak, it's heart-based speaking. So I share stories um, and I share stories of my experience of 
growing up in the 70s and 80s um, where men, where boys were told, uh, and I'm not going to use some of the phrases, but man up, grow a pair, don't be a girl. Ah, you're very welcome to use all the phrases. And I remember those phrases from growing up in the 70s and 80s as well. So you're very welcome to use them. It's not an issue. Some of them, horrible, yeah, some of them are really horrible, though, and I wouldn't like them to be recorded. Um, but okay. yeah, those phrases are things that uh, boys grew up with. So... Uh, and one of the stories I, I relate, I've got an older brother and a younger brother. Uh, if they fell over and cut their knee, they were told, oh, don't be such, such a sissy, don't be so soft, um, get up and carry on. I'd, I'd get a cuddle and a plaster because I'm a girl and that was allowed. So they learned from a very early age to swallow their feelings, swallow their emotions. You didn't share. That was that was girly to share your feelings. Um, and so in the construction industry... I've learned an awful lot in the last few months about the awful way that road workers are treated. They are spat at, shouted at, sworn at, have urine thrown at them, are driven at. And because a lot of them um, have grown up in kind of my era, oh, well, you know, it just happens and they just swallow it. Uh, but then at the end of the day, they go and drink five pints because it's the only way they can get to sleep because of the, the stress that they're carrying. They're holding that, that negative energy in. Um, the bit that was really wonderful to see was how much they look after each other. So those gangs, those teams, after I spoke, the number of them that came up and said, um, so would you have a word with my mate? So I think he's going through something at the moment. Or I know that so-and-so is going through a divorce at the moment and, you know, he's really struggling. Um, they really looked after each other. What they didn't know was how to. It was the permission to to listen, the, the way to open up. So my talks, um, I know for a few of the teams, really, really help them to just give themselves permission. And they'd say things like, um, so, you know, like that monkey lady said, because I'm blue monkey coaching, um, when that monkey lady said, yeah very powerful very very powerful it's so powerful um is it changing are men getting better are they better now the world seems to be changing quite rapidly and i think men are able to explain and to reach out and to you know ask for help as well yes i do think uh, certainly the younger generations are much more in tune with their emotions so when i say um in in one of my talks i say 90 percent of men don't talk about their mental health. And you can see some of the younger ones going, I do, I do. Um, and it generally is changing. And that's, again, a problem in the construction industry in that um, the, the older generation are swallowing it, and that's the culture. And then the younger generation come in and, and go, well, no, I shouldn't have to put up with this. I want to talk about it. It doesn't feel right. So they're not staying. So the retention of the younger men isn't great. Or they learn the older men's way um, and carry on with that culture. And the retention of women. So women in that industry, you know, it's it's not known. It's, it is very much a male-dominated industry. And, and it doesn't need to be anymore because the machinery they use, um, they don't need to be big, burly, muscly blokes. You know, um, I learned an awful lot at the conference yesterday. They're not concrete slabs anymore. They can be recycled plastic. You don't need to be strong to lift those. Um, so it can be a female industry now. It's just changing that culture so that it, they feel like they belong as well. But yes, sorry, long-winded way of saying in answer. No, no, no. 
it's it, it, you blow me away already it's amazing it's so inspiring what a great mission to be on and christ almighty how valuable what you're doing so you just touched on then you've done a speaking gig yesterday you've done a couple of speaking gigs we'll chat now what what have you been where have you been this week what have you been up to um, I've been in Cambridgeshire this week. Um, it's very exciting. Uh, so yesterday I spoke for um, Milestone, which is a road surfacing company. They work, they support Cambridge um, highways in this region. Uh, and they asked me to come in because they were doing um, a bit of an information day of their five-year plan. They've been Milestone, um, the Milestone group now for about 16 months. They, they, they changed name. Um and they were sharing with all of their workers what their five-year plan is, uh, but a massive, and I love this, massive focus on well-being. Um, and they're talking about things like, it starts with me. And the me is MI because it's milestone infrastructure. And they've got a whole program Ooh, of support that's good. for their employees on, on looking after each other. And that's why they brought me in to speak as well. Um and when I when I spoke at the I spoke in the morning and then they asked, will you stay around all day in case anyone has anything they want to talk to you about? Um, and they did. I had some very, very interesting conversations with people that came up and said, so what you said really resonated. Have you got five minutes? So I went off and had a few walks with people. Surely I, w I would hope the. <sighs> In my in my rose tinted glasses, I would say that I, I would hope, and you'll back this up. But if it's not true, then please don't. That businesses, more businesses, are turning like that and are converting into being that sort of caring place that values their employees, their associates, whatever they want to call them, want to look after them for the longevity and mindset. And mental health is a very important part of that. Um, it's certainly higher up on the agenda. I think there are still a lot of companies that really want to support but they have no idea how to. So they have the mental health first aiders. Um, in my experience, and I, I really do, I, I value those mental health first aiders because they're stepping up. They've got their own job to do and they're stepping up to, to do extra. Um, but in my experience, uh, a lot of the people say, well, no, I'm not going to them because they're already busy. They don't want to increase their workload. Uh, so it's finding the right way of doing it. Things like, I mean, Milestone have got a fantastic support program and it's lovely to see a company that's so forward thinking with this and are so determined. Um, you know, they're, they're talking to me now about what can we do next? How can we get you into support even further? Which is lovely. Just, it's not a box ticking exercise anymore. So, yes, I think people, companies are definitely stepping up, but a lot of them are still unsure of how to do that, of where to go with it. Um, mental health, I'm laughing, mental health first aiders, um, I always took the view in my work with uh, Lumion who are in that mental health space, and that well-being space, is that it's a little bit too late. If if a mental health first aider has to be brought in, yes, it's great to have them to signpost people and help people, but often you want to try and stop people from getting to that point already before they get there. It's a little bit too, it's like shutting the stable uh, door before after the horse is bolted. It's too late. You want to be doing stuff first. And Milestone Sound, I don't know of them. I will go and check them out and do some research after because they sound like an amazing organization and could be a massive inspiration to so many different people. Okay, so that's how you got started. That's what you do. That's really, really cool. So what's your biggest motivation right now? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm I'm not really sure. Um, I have lots of, uh, I mean, for, my biggest thing, I suppose, is is looking after my own mental health and the mental health 
and well-being of my family. Um, so previously, you know, prior to the lockdowns, um, I had this goal of building this big business. Um, I don't have that dream anymore. Now I love the fact that I don't have to get up ridiculously early, that I can be at home when my boys have come home from school. And when one of them says, Mom, can you take me here? Can you take me there? I can do it. Um, some, somebody said to me um, a week ago, I was, I was talking about my evening routine. I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to go make the boys sandwiches for school. And they said, how old are you boys? So 13 and 15. Can't they make their own sandwiches? Yes. And I did think then, why am I making their sandwiches? And I went, oh, yes, because I can and because I choose to. So the other flip side of that is that my boys every week will cook because they can and because they choose to. Um, and I love my I think my biggest motivation is just being a happy, content and successful family and then help others see that chasing the money isn't success, that, that success is within and we can determine our own success. So yesterday um, on one of my little walks with one of the, the, the members of Milestone, uh, somebody was talking about not feeling very passionate about things, not having burning desires and burning ambitions and not feeling that he's successful. And, and I said, well, actually, look at what you've achieved. He's, he's too busy looking up the mountain. And it's not his mountain he's looking up. He's looking across at somebody else's mountain, that made-up societal mountain that says, you need to strive, you need to be this, you need to be a six-figure income, you need to be nailing it every day. When he stopped and looked at what he's got, he he became quite almost emotional that, wow, I, I am, I'm doing what I want to do. I need to stop chasing what other people tell me to. And, and maybe because, you know, going up a mountain, there's always the way up to look. If we turn around and look at how far, I mean, it's cheesy, but if we turn around and see how far we've come, that can be quite empowering. But also how beautiful the world looks from the height we're at doesn't stop us from still going up the mountain. But that's, I think that's my... My motivation is for me to continue to do that and for my family and to help other people do that too. Uh, amazing answer. It's funny how you went from saying, I actually don't know. I actually know. I do really know. <laughs> and what I was going to go on to is about, it's, it's, it's interesting how as you started talking, how you suddenly recognized what is important to you, but you don't necessarily, it wasn't the front of your head, but it was there and it came out really, really easy. The other thing, uh, I'm making some notes as you're talking, the I always find it really interesting how success, the definition of success changes the older you get. Yeah. You know, you want six figures. Yes, you want a company car, laptop, phone. That, well, that was what I was looking for. And then suddenly you get it. And actually it's like, do you know what? I don't like this. It's not exactly what I wanted because it comes with so much other shit on yeah. top of it. And I didn't like, didn't enjoy it at all. And also the definition, um, you're in a very good space. Um, having the business that works around what you wanted to do and not, you know, you mentioned it a few times, not being what society says mm. success looks like and you have to work all these hours and do all that. People are actually pushing back now and saying, actually, no, I don't want that. And I want the business to work for me. And yes, you can have a great lifestyle, but being there for the family is so important. Uh, amazing. But yeah, fully, it's important um, to me. Yeah. And I would say to everybody listening Oh my God, this, absolutely. Um, don't, define what success is for you. What, what warms yeah. your cockles? What makes you feel calm, peaceful, happy? What helps you sleep at night? Whatever those things are, do more of those. Um, I mean, obviously, we need to do the things that put food on the plates. Um, you know, we need to earn money and pay the bills. But it's not the be-all and end-all. Absolutely. 
and that's very much a switch that I've seen since pan- you mentioned the pandemic already. But that's very much a switch that you see. I was chatting about it last night. The younger generation, old father time here, you know, kids getting jobs and the way they look at employment and everything else is so so different. And I have to half of me actually has to really applaud them to say actually no, it's got to be the right thing. And if it's not the right thing, I'll go and find the right thing. Um, okay, you you mentioned your evening routine. You mentioned you don't get up very early. So. One of my questions is around your daily routine. Is there a specific daily routine you've got? Because it sounds like you've got one, which is quite cool. Um, I do. I have a lovely routine. Um, and it starts mostly with my husband bringing me a cup of tea in bed. Oh, he's a good man. I just take your tea. Um, I, I, well, my daughter tells me I'm posh because I drink Earl Grey. <laughs> oh, do you have your little finger out? The little pinkies out as well as you're sipping out your little china tea <laughs> and, cup. And I, I do have, that. I like a china mug as well. So, yeah, I have, I have a cup of tea in bed. I get up, um, see my boys off to school, and um, I'm actually writing a book about this at the moment because I've I've supported so many of my clients with organising their day to look after themselves. Um, So my day starts with me just uh, with a cup of coffee um, after they've gone to school, tea first, then coffee, and I do what's called a brain dump. So I dump everything that's in my head because I'm I'm simple. Um, There's only so much space inside my head. And if I hold things in my head on my to-do list, that reduces my ability to think clearly, to relax, to switch off. So I write it all down and then I decide what are my top priorities for the day and I highlight those. And if I highlight those, they're the only things that I see when I look at that list. It's not a massive to-do list. And then I might just do two or three that that will put food on the table that will bring me closer to my goals. Um, I make sure every day that first thing in the morning I plan what today will bring me joy? What will I do just for me that celebrates how bloody amazing I am? Um, because we don't say that about ourselves. I also plan what I'm going to do in the evening so that I don't get to six o'clock and then go, oh, I'm shattered and just crash in front of this, the telly watching Netflix. I also plan the meals I'm going to have because if I plan it in the morning, then when it comes to six o'clock, I don't have to make a decision. I just have to do what somebody in the morning has told me to do. So it's about structuring my day so that I can have less head shit throughout the day that I can just go through. So yeah, my day is very calm and peaceful usually. So I mean, it doesn't always go like that, but got it sorted i have to say i'm so impressed i'm so in awe i also feel bad i'm sat here drinking out my flask as i always am thinking oh my god you're judging me this is not china but I, I hate china it always goes cold and i end up drinking warm drinks if it's in the flask but hey that's just me being lazy um and that's the funny, journal isn't it funny how we think you're judging me we always assume that people judge us um and what other people think of me is none of my business so i don't bother Absolutely. about what they think um i, I don't judge yeah. you at all I've got mine. I um I, I always it's tongue in cheek because at the end of the day I know I can't influence that. So I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna crack on. I'm fifty one. I don't care so much anymore anyway. Uh, tell me, do you journal or meditate or anything like that? I do. Um I, I I I'm kind of trying to get into the meditating. I'm struggling with that one, but I do journal. Um so every morning I will um while John's making a cup of tea um I look out the window because I don't pick my phone up I refuse to fill my head with everybody else's news first um I I I just think of five things that I'm grateful for each day and they can be really really small it could be wow I slept all night without having Mm. to get up for a week I'm a woman of that age (laughs) it could be um as I pick up a bottle of water and take a sip oh it's still nice and cold that's delicious 
it, it could be that, you know, my son came in and said, morning, ma, because he always calls me ma in his Bristol accent. And it just makes me smile. Um, it could be a big thing. It could be that a client has paid me. It could be the house I live in. It could be the beautiful views, the fact that it's raining or not raining. But I think of five things I'm grateful for every day because it, I think it opens your eyes to the good stuff in your life. Um, and then, yes, I have uh, probably 20 to 30 minutes of journaling every day. I never understood journaling until recently when I had um, a challenge and I wrote it down. Somebody said, just just write it all down. Just spend 10 minutes writing. And I wrote it all down and then I just wrote a little bit more. And before I knew it, I started resolving the challenge in my head because I got out of the problem. I got out of the being busy and just went almost into my subconscious mind of, of you know, problem, a solution finding. Journaling is great. Mm, it's very powerful. I've only, I've only probably three months into it. And again, like that brain dump and I, there's a few set things. I've talked about it before and here. I only ask myself three things for what three things I'm, ha- I'm happy with. What, what, you know, thankful for today, because as you say, it's the small stuff that we all tend to just not look at. We're looking for the biggest stuff all the time and it's all around us, all the small stuff. And I've, it's made me think so differently. Um, meditating. Um, I'm a firm fan and I've, I have been for four or five years now using Calm. Calm's amazing. And I'm on a, today is a 69 day streak, which is the most I've ever done continuously. And it feels like it's so natural and so easy to get into it. 10 minutes a day. Is that an app? Yeah, Calm. So C-A-L-M. Right. I'm gonna... I'll tag them in the show notes because they are just a great organization. And I think it's about 38 quid or $37, $38 a year or... If you hang around till Black Friday and you're liking it, they chuck it out for like $120 for unlimited access forever, like a lifetime membership, which I bought two or three years ago. It's been amazing value. Yeah, yeah I think I need something because um, I'm moving more towards that and I, I do get the value of meditating, definitely. Um, I just, I, yeah, I, I end up just thinking. And I- but it's a routine. Mm-hmm. It's a routine. And you have to train your brain. And I talk about this all the time. It gives me 10 minutes a day where there's nothing in my brain. And that's amazing because, you know, I haven't got the biggest brain in the world. And as you say, I have to get write everything down because, but it just trains you to think of one thing at a time or think of nothing. And that's 10 minutes of peace. And also if you're struggling, it's hard to get into meditation. I'm not going to lie. And I always say the first three or four sessions are going to be yeah. crap. It's only after five, maybe six sessions, you start to feel, oh, that was mm-hmm. really good. And it's really refreshing. But what I like about Calm is, and I'm not paid, I'm yeah. not an affiliate, I wish I was. Calm, you should listen and pay me some affiliate because I'm putting loads of people your way. Um, there is stacks of different ways to meditate as well. Different voices, different people, different day, uh, each, each day. And if you, they've got stuff at night, they've got story bedtimes, you can uh, bed store. Bedtime stories, get my words out, to listen to at night. So you can do the whole thing. But I'm a, I'm a morning person. It happens for me in the morning, 10 minutes every single day. And as I say, today is my 69th day in a consecutive streak. It's the most I've ever done. And I don't intend to stop. Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, what you're doing for yourself there is brilliant. Um, I was talking to my 15-year-old um, about our busy, busy minds. Last week, we were watching a film and he was on his phone. And I said... Um, you've got your phone glued to you you feel like you know just sitting watching a film um you feel like there's something missing because you're used to stimulating your mind so much so i've got him now into just i might give him this calm app as well he's now practicing just sitting for five minutes and he found it so hard five minutes i mean it, that's nothing is it? 
pitch. Yeah. No, but I, I can put my hand up and say, I've been that bad as well. And I have to consciously think about not doing it now. So when people ask me, have you seen that film? I say, oh yeah, what happened? I'm like, I actually can't remember because I'll probably sat on a tablet or a phone watching all these movies for years. And it's only in the last year, I've been training myself to put my phone down, to not to sit and watch TV. We're currently watching um, Jeffrey Dahmer on Netflix, which is just killing me, literally blow me away every single day, but actually just watching it and getting engrossed in stuff. So it's a, that's great parenting. Parenting 101 right there. Nice work. <laughs> Amazing. You. And it's so easy to okay, do, isn't it? So just, you know, a few minutes here and there. Yeah. And we need to model mm. it. That's the other bit. We need to model it. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. That's what good coaching is all about as well. So what's the single best bit of advice you've ever received? Um, keep it simple. Do it well. Uh, it was when I was at teacher training college, one of my tutors, she was Northern, and I can just hear her voice. Keep it simple. Do it well. She was wonderful. Jane Powell, she's called. Um, Sorry, where was she from? Yorkshire. With that accent? Okay, just checking. I'm sorry. So all the Yorkshire people offended. I'm really sorry. It wasn't me. That <laughs> well, was I'm from Lancashire, so I can get away with it. You know, we're next door. Um, but yeah, it applies to so many things in everything. In your life. keep it simple, mm. just do it well. That's it. The other thing I would say is Perfect. don't take your thinking so seriously. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, like that. Okay, so you you're going to win ten million dollars or ten million pounds today. What are you going to do with it? Oh. My boys have got a really good plan for this. So we're going to buy a huge old warehouse. We're going to convert it. Um, upstairs, there will be flats, and each flat will have a number on it. And downstairs will be a workshop, um, and it's up to them what they're going to make because one of them's into design and engineering, and the other one's not decided what he's into. Um, and they're going to employ and house veterans and homeless people because they've got a number on each flat, they're then entitled to benefits. They'll get a uniform, they'll get a day's work, somewhere to sleep, some food. If they want to come back the next day, they can then start to get back into the working world. That's that's the plan. Oh my God, that's amazing. They've planned the whole thing. They've been right. planning it for years that and is years. So cool. Whenever we went on long journeys, they'd, they, they'd sit there and they'd decide the next step of, of their save the world, what they do if they but you're, you're obviously doing parenting very well because your kids are thinking about, and I use the kids, the term kids like, I know they're not kids, but you know, the children, they're thinking ahead and thinking about other people as well, rather than just themselves as well. And that's, and solving, tack, tackling major issues that are out there right yeah. now. That's really Yeah, cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're, they're teenage boys. They have their moments, but um, they've got a mum who's a coach um, and I've got, Two younger children, and I've got two older children. I think with the two older ones, I did make lots of mistakes. They do say with your first one, to throw it away and start again because you make all the mistakes. Um, although I absolutely adore my 28-year-old. She's beautiful. Um, but I did make mistakes. So I think I've got it a bit more right. I'm just making different mistakes. But, yeah, it's lovely. When when I go home and, and my 13-year-old says, um, what's the best bit about your day today, Mom? You know, It's lovely that they do think of other people. And I think our younger generation are much more in tune with that. I think it surprises us when they do that because that, that wasn't our way, but they are much more in tune with, with listening and, and looking after people. Cool. I'm very conscious of the time. So I don't want to, a couple of questions and we'll wrap it up. Don't worry, you'll be free to get on with your day in Cambridge. So if you could be remembered for just one thing, what would that one thing be? Kindness. Absolutely, kindness. Um, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't be remembered for anything else. Great answer. Okay. So looking back at your 18-year-old self, what's one, what's one piece of advice that you'd give yourself if you could, if you could go back and see your 18-year-old self today? My 18-year-old self? Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, my 18 year old self, I think I'd say, um, you are already perfect as you are. Because I had, as most of us do, so much mental baggage. You know, an 18 year old girl, I wasn't slim enough, I wasn't pretty enough, I wasn't clever enough. I look back at the photos and think, you were perfect. You just couldn't see it. You were just trying, as I said before, trying to climb up someone else's mountain. And you can't reach someone else's mountain, so you'll never succeed. That's great advice. I love that. That's great advice. Okay, so is there one book you've read the most or a book that's impacted most on your life? And if so, what, what is it? Um, I'm going to say The Gruffalo. The Gruffalo is an amazing book. It's about other people's perception. You know, that, that mouse just believed. That mouse believed it. And anyone that's not read The Gruffalo, it's a child's book. It's a fantastic book. I know of it, but I've never read it. I don't think. I'm sure it's it's not that old, is it? So I'm sure my kids missed it. Um, who's it? Do you remember who it's by? Julia uh, Donaldson. Oh, look at that. Straight. I love that. And I've done a couple of these episodes this week and someone else referenced a child's book, Enie Blyton, a couple of days ago. I was like, oh, that's amazing. Really powerful stuff. So I, I like that. Thank you very much for that. So who are the kind of people that you want to be connected with? How can I help you? Um, thinking about the work you're doing, I'm guessing HR people would be quite useful for you and you can make their lives so much better. Um, I could. I could, right? yes. Um, I, I think at the moment I'm really enjoying um, the construction industry. So construction, engineering, local authorities, any male-dominated industry, because what I've found there is they really want to look after each other, uh, but quite often they don't know how to. But they're very, very fact-based, and they want someone to come in and do the people bit. I've got a daughter in the RAF. And not too far from where you are, actually. And um, it's obviously a very male-dominated industry. She's in engineering, so she's a flight lieutenant. I hope that was right, Karis. Um, but again, that'd be a great place to get you into because some of the stuff that I hear Karis is 24, challenging with, has challenges with. My God, that'd be amazing if you could get you in there and see if you can change some views and give them some support because it sounds like, God, it needs it yes. as well. Yeah, that would be great. Okay. Karis, if you're listening, <laughs> help me out. Um, these always go, you've almost taken my, my, my speech away, which never, ever happens, trust me. Um, these interviews are always go in different ways than I ever expect them to go, and always so much more I get out of them as well. I always feel like a fraud sat here, because it's like therapy for me, listening to you speaking, and my God, we could speak for hours and hours, but I'm conscious of the fact of where you are right now, and you're not at home or whatever else, so I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much for your time today. If people want to connect with you, Sam, and I hope they do listening to this, they are inspired as much as you've inspired me, what's the best way of them catch, uh, connecting with you? Uh, probably LinkedIn, Sam Munslow. Find me on LinkedIn. You'll see my blue monkey. Um, yeah, I'm always on LinkedIn. My website is under construction. Cool. 
Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay, I've got, I've got to ask you one additional question. Why a blue monkey? Uh, well, close your eyes and picture a blue monkey. Okay, now make the picture of a blue monkey go away, no matter how much I say. Blue monkey on a tightrope, blue monkey juggling bananas, blue monkey dancing in front of your eyes. You can't make it go. Because your brain doesn't distinguish between picture a blue monkey and don't picture a blue monkey. It just brings a blue monkey up for you. I help people see that you can have those blue monkeys in your mind. You can have that anxiety, that worry, that fear, those stories about yourself, and you can still get on with your day. Because as you eat your lunch today, Rich, my gift to you, is the picture of the blue monkey will come back. But you won't have to say, oh, I need to make that blue monkey go away before I can eat my sandwich. You just go, Sam's blue monkey. So yeah, we all have blue monkeys. What a way to end the podcast. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. It was amazing. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. And there we are. That's Sam. Um, The conversation got really deep, actually, listening back to that now got deep really really quickly but such a uh, inspiring way of um what a mission she's on helping with mental health and that whole mindset piece which is so freaking valuable but also working with males in traditionally very very hard faced industries where they're just not open and uh, willing to share but it just goes to show what a changing world we're in uh, really, really cool. I highly recommend you are reaching out and connecting with Sam and learning more about the amazing work she's doing. And don't forget, I'll put a reference to Calm. Um, it's not an affiliate link in any way at all, but if you want to be able to meditate, Calm is a fantastic tool. And it's not expensive at all. And it's well worth investing in yourself and seeing how that works. So thank you for joining me. I look forward to seeing you next episode. Thanks for joining me for this latest episode of the Three Percenters Business Coaching Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed it. So if you've got any feedback, you hunt any further information, or you know some amazing people we need to be talking to, please get in contact. Simply drop us an email to info at minervagrowth.co.uk. Have an amazing day.